Watch ye, for you know not when the master of the house cometh, at even, or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. And there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 51 Have mercy upon me, O God, after thy great goodness. According to the multitude of thy mercies, do away mine offenses. Wash me thoroughly from my wickedness and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my faults, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee only have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified in thy saying, and clear when thou shalt judge. Behold, I was shapen in wickedness, and in sin hath my mother conceived me. But lo, thou requirest truth in the inward parts, and shalt make me to understand wisdom secretly. Thou shalt purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Thou shalt wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Thou shalt make me hear of joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Turn thy face from my sins, and put out all my misdeeds. Make me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. O oh, give me the comfort of thy help again, and establish me with thy free spirit. Then shall I teach thy ways unto the wicked, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou that art the God of my health, and my tongue shall sing of thy righteousness. Thou shalt open my lips, O Lord, and my mouth shall show thy praise. For thou desirest no sacrifice, else would I give it thee but thou delightest not in burnt offerings. The sacrifice of God is a troubled spirit. A broken and contrite heart, O God, shalt thou not despise. 
O be favorable and gracious unto Zion, build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifice of righteousness, with the burnt offerings and oblations. Then shall they offer young bullocks upon thine altar. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the 26th chapter of Jeremiah. In the beginning of the reign of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah, the word came from the Lord, saying, Thus says the Lord, Stand in the court of the Lord's house, and speak to all the cities of Judah, which come to worship in the Lord's house, all the words that I command you to speak to them. Do not diminish a word. Perhaps everyone will listen and turn from his evil way, but I may relent concerning the calamity which I purpose to bring on them because of the evil of their doings. And you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord, If you will not listen to me, to walk in my law which I have set before you, to heed the words of my servants, the prophets whom I sent to you, both rising up early and sending them, but you have not heeded, then I will make this house like Shiloh, and will make this city a curse to the nations of the earth. So the priests and the prophets and all the people heard Jeremiah speaking these words in the house of the Lord. Now it happened when Jeremiah had made an end of speaking all that the Lord had commanded him to speak to all the people, that the priests and the prophets and all the people seized him, saying, You will surely die. Why have you prophesied in the name of the Lord, saying, This house shall be like Shiloh, and the city shall be desolate without an inhabitant? And all the people were gathered against Jeremiah in the house of the Lord. When the princes of Judah heard these things, they came up from the king's house to the house of the Lord and sat down in the entry of the new gate of the Lord's house. Then the priests and the prophets spoke to the princes and all the people, saying, This man deserves to die, for he has prophesied against this city, as you have heard with your ears. Then Jeremiah spoke to all the princes and all the people, saying, The Lord sent me to prophesy against this house and against this city with all the words that you have heard. Now therefore amend your ways and your doings, and obey the voice of the Lord your God. Then the Lord will relent concerning the doom that he has pronounced against you. As for me, here I am, in your hand. Do with me as it seems good and proper to you. But know for certain that if you put me to death, you will surely bring innocent blood on yourselves, on this city, and on its inhabitants. For truly the Lord has sent me to you to speak all these words in your hearing. Here ended the first lesson. O Lord and ruler of the house of Israel, who appearest unto Moses in a flame of fire in the bush, and gavest unto him the law of Sinai, come, redeem us with a stretched out arm. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed, for he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath holpen his servant Israel as he promised to our forefathers, Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, 
as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O Lord and ruler of the house of Israel, who appearest unto Moses in a flame of fire in the bush, and gavest unto him the law of Sinai, come, redeem us with a stretched out arm. Coming on at the 14th verse of the third chapter of Second Timothy. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort, with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires. Because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. You be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of, evangelist, of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Finally there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which is the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but to all those who have loved his appearing. Here ended the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, make clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O Almighty God, who hast committed to the hands of men the ministry of reconciliation, we humbly beseech thee by the inspiration of thy Holy Spirit 
to put it into the hearts of many to offer themselves for this ministry, that thereby mankind may be drawn to thy blessed kingdom. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. O Lord Jesus Christ, who at thy first coming did send thy messenger to prepare thy way before thee, grant that the ministers and stewards of thy mysteries may likewise so prepare and make ready thy way by turning the hearts of the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, that at thy second coming to judge the world, we may be found an acceptable people in thy sight, who livest and reignest with the Father and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty God, give us grace that we may cast away the works of darkness and put upon us the armor of light. Now in the time of this mortal life in which thy Son, Jesus Christ, came to visit us in great humility, that in the last day when he shall come again in his glorious majesty to judge both the quick and the dead, we may rise to the life immortal through him who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost now and ever. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Light in our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night. For the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Good evening, everyone. Tonight we continue with our lessons for the ember season, uh, which focus on the development of and the deployment of pastoral ministers um, in their relationship to God's people historically, both to the people of Israel anciently, and then in these latter times to the church. And so both of the readings for tonight center on that relationship. And both of them really call us back to the posture of worship that's articulated in Psalm 51, which is a that really this kind of posture we continually come back to. And Psalm 51 is one of the most what, what, the most used of the Psalms throughout the liturgical year. Um, and it, it really is this kind of constant refrain of the of the of the ideal posture of the heart before God, which is primarily one of repentance and humility and expectation that in that state of repentance and humility, there will be both a cleansing of all personal guilt and then also a in that in the innocence that is produced by the graciousness of God to the person in that posture, a subsequent sort of vindication and upholding of that person in the face of all of their enemies, both both sort of immediate and ultimate. And so the psalm, if you kind of understand that, you can understand pretty much all the psalms. The psalms always draw us back to that posture of repentance and humility to receive, the, first of all, the cleansing of our own sins and then uh, in that innocence to be upheld. And so uh, as we as we look at that, that's really what's be, what Jeremiah is calling the people of Jerusalem back to in his time. And it, we have to appreciate the kind of cultural calamity that had befallen Jerusalem at this point, where you had the great reformer king, Josiah. Uh, who had come along after a, a series of really bad kings um, and had reformed the whole city according to the, the book of the law, um, which he had, had read publicly. And there was this sort of great corporate repentance that had gone out through all the city. But Josiah had died in a very untimely way. He had gone out very unwisely to do battle against the king of Egypt, uh, who had got, was going north to make war on the king of Babylon. And so when he did that, he was killed in battle. And then 
his immediate heir, which, um, you know, who plausibly could have continued the reform movement that would have that would have kept purifying Israel and Judah in particular of all of its um, of all of its sort of idolatry and unfaithfulness. Um, he was ex he was sort of exiled and sort of taken captive in Egypt and so was was imprisoned there. And so you have the next in line who is this really not so great king who had come and the whole reform movement, the whole like sort of, uh, you know, the sort of pursuit of righteousness on the national level sort of came to a grinding halt. And this spelled very bad news for Judah and Jerusalem because this was the, the Josiah reform was it's sort of a chance at, at, you know, some longevity because they were restoring, coming back to that place of repentance and humility. And in the absence of that reformer king, you had, uh, again, a return to the status quo of a lot of cultural compromise and idolatry. And so Judah's days are numbered because of this, because they fall back into these disastrous and self-destructive habits. And it's into that calamity that Jeremiah is called to go and preach a message that, yeah, things have gotten really, things have been bad, but things will get a whole lot worse. Uh, we had the untimely death of a very popular king, and then a lot of instability over succession. And then finally with that question thing, everyone, with that question settled somewhat, everyone's like, all right, it's time to get back to work, to, to life as usual and life back to normal. And that's disrupted by Jeremiah saying, life at, according to the normal way is going to kill us in the end if we don't stop it. Um, and so this is an enormously unpopular message that Jeremiah is called to do, but his sort of parting line is what we get here that Jeremiah is called to preach the word, the words of God, and to stand as the true prophet, regardless of what the reception of that message is. And in fact, knowing that it will be probably a very poor reception of that message, he has to go and proclaim it, even though he knows that, you know, they're going to persecute and maybe even kill him for it. But he, he articulates it really um, well and draws us back again to that psalm formula. She says, you know, as for me, I'm in your hands, do with me as you will, but know that if you put me to death, you will spill innocent blood and bring it upon yourselves. This concept of, of slaying the, the righteous prophet of God who comes bringing a message of repentance um, and bringing the blood of that prophet upon, upon themselves is really this sort of ancient pattern that afflicts Jerusalem and really afflicts the whole of Israel and culminates, of course, in the ministry of Jesus who comes to sort of fulfill all the things the prophets foretell and then is killed in the manner of those prophets. And then and they his sort of they spill his innocent blood, the innocent blood of the Messiah. And in doing so, really, the whole world brings upon itself the innocent blood of the Savior. And as a result, is guilty before God, like before all this. And now only through the, the mercy of that same Savior can it be, can anyone escape the judgment that must inevitably follow? And it begins with the people of God always in the house of God. So we, you know, as St. Paul is ministering, he is seeing um, the events of his, uh, of Israel through, of that, of that, those sort of the last days of Jerusalem through that lens. He's, you know, he's saying like, no, the, the, our people have, you know, brought upon themselves the innocent blood of the Christ. And now that city is marked for destruction. And, the, and really the whole earth is now guilty of this. And so repentance and being turned into the way of righteousness again is really the only way to escape this great cosmic calamity that is about to befall everyone. And within a generation that happens starting in Jerusalem, Jerusalem is summarily destroyed. Um, it becomes, as Jeremiah says, like Shiloh, the, the a sort of alternative temple town of the Old Testament where unfaithfulness among the priests produced unfaithfulness among the people 
And then that city was allowed to be summarily destroyed and wiped out forever by the Philistines. It says the same thing will happen upon Jer Jerusalem in Jeremiah's day. The same thing will happen upon Jerusalem in St. Paul's day. And the same thing will happen really to this whole order of creation that conspired to kill Jesus. So what does this all get at is this really this exhortation to Timothy to preserve your innocence, to preach faithfully the thing that was delivered by inspiration and the and the to you. Give that to the people, um, continue to draw them into repentance, continue to draw them into a reformed life and continue to draw them into righteousness. Because, you know, all these things are befalling, uh, are going to befall the world. And this really is the only way. That is the message now. Come away from this, from this, you know, way of life where that is marked for destruction that will result in ruin and come into the way of righteousness. Be purified from your guilt and, and, and be, and become the innocent children of God that will stand upright when the judgment falls upon the whole creation. We've been seeing that in our, our usual cycle of evening prayer lessons throughout Advent in the book of Revelation. So all of these things sort of conspire together here and kind of come to Timothy, who is sort of in this chapter of Second Timothy is receiving the torch from St. Paul and saying, like, I've, you know, I have finished my course. I have done the thing that I'm telling you to do. And it, and this and sort of this handing off of a ministry, much in the same sort of pattern as like Elijah to Elisha saying, like, I have fought the good fight. I have kept the faith. Do likewise now. And that's really on this Friday night in the ember season, the charge to all of us, but particularly the thing we should pray for in our and our sort of pastoral folks is, is that they would receive the words that God gives them to tell the rest of us and that they would proclaim it faithfully, even when all the rest of us kind of kick against it sometimes when we hear the hard message. The thing is, is that it's for our good and it, and it brings us into the way of life and helps us to, to, to walk out of the way that leads only to death. So a couple of our, a couple of thoughts for us tonight. Continuing with our intercession. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands that they may punish wickedness and vice and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble 